My name is Joel Renner, and I want to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment on this video as you watch it so more people can see this teaching. Hey, this is Rick Renner. I'm so glad that you've let us come into your space. And the us is me, Denise, and Maxine. Denise, welcome. Thank you, Rick, and home group, welcome. Now, Rick, you said yesterday that we were going to talk about a word, keep. Yes, we are. We're going to focus on that word, keep. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really good. But, Maxine, we also welcome you. I'm so thankful to be here. You know, we're doing a series in the regular TV program this week called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. And, Denise, it's been a while since we recorded this, so I went back and listened to it. Honey, it is really good teaching. I got encouraged, and it's my own teaching. And I know this will really encourage you because there are moments when we all are bombarded. And we're kind of living in a day when everybody's feeling bombarded by the vaccine, by COVID, by nonsense in the government. I mean, it just seems like so many crazy things are happening morally. People are just being bombarded on every side by nonsense. How do you survive it? How do you get through it? What do you do when you're being bombarded? And Rick, it's important that we know this because it's not going to get better. Oh, no. The Bible says... As we sail closer to the end of the age, it's going to get nuttier. So we need to know how to maintain our territory. Mm -hmm. But I also want to mention our book, Unlikely, which I got my own copy of last Sunday for the very first time. And in this book, I know it looks very large. If you don't read it, you can lift weights with it. It's four pounds. But in this true life story, Denise and I talk about a lot of things we've been through. This is not just a a walk through the garden story. We tell everything. We tell the good things, the bad things, the attacks of the enemy. When you read some of the attacks the enemy has tried to bring against us, you're going to say, oh my goodness, that is amazing. But you know what? Here we are. We're still here. We're smiling. We're having a good time. We've got victory because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we've learned that if we'll just hold tight, stand fast, and not surrender, the wind passes. It all passes. And Jesus clearly taught that those who endure to the end, they're the ones who get the victory. And this book is really about enduring, staying on track, not surrendering, not giving up. Denise? Well, I think it's very important to, to get this book because there's all kinds of things in it. And if you don't, it, and it is big. I, I, I agree, it's big. I was a little shocked when I saw the size of it. <laughs> but you can go to the table of contents and you can just choose what you want to read or That's what right. you're interested in. And it just might be the very thing that helps you through when you're getting bombarded. All right, let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And I've been thinking about a song, Denise. I know what song. Because the verse says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed 
unto him against that day. So glad we grew up singing Amen. that song. Thank you, Maxine. You wow. Know, when we went on our first date, Rick, we sang that song. We, we, just, we were just little Baptists running around together. We didn't know what we were doing, and we sang Baptist hymns. We did. We sang bad ones. Uh, I love that song to this day. Do you know that song? If you know that song, would you please comment in the comment section? Tell us that you remember that. <laughs> but tonight, let's go on. Then when you go to verse 14, it says, That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Well, according to verse 14, something good was committed unto us. Isn't that amazing? And the word committed is the same word committed in verse 12. And in verse 12, we saw it's the word parathiki, which para means come alongside of, thiki to place or to put. It's like coming alongside the depository drawer at the bank, you open the door, you put it in, uh -huh. you close the, the door, door, it's there, there, it's sealed, it's safe, you can't even retract it. No. Now the same word is used in verse 14 to say that God came alongside of us. Just like we placed our life in Him, He came alongside of us and placed something inside us. And He's not taking it back. The gifts and callings of God are? Without repentance. Without repentance. God's not going to extract it. He's not going to take it back. What did he commit unto us? Calling, salvation, the power of God. Presence of God. Presence of God. Holy Spirit. The, of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, eternal destinies, all of that he placed inside me. And when God put it in me, when he put it in you, he closed the door and it's right here. You may not have fulfilled it, but it's inside you. God deposited something in you the day you said yes to the Lordship of Jesus and it's still in you. You may not have explored it. You may not have developed it. You may not have done a thing with it, but it is in you. It did not go away. And the greater one is in you, Denise. It's glorious what's been placed inside of you. And like it says in, in Corinthians, that we have this treasure. In earthen vessels. Earthen <clears throat> vessels, that the excellency the, might be of God at power and not of us. That treasure is inside of you. You know, Denise, that word treasure, the Greek word thesaurus. Yes. It describes a hidden treasure. Yes. And I always think that when I was a little boy, me and my buddies... We love to draw pirate maps. Even our kids, when they were young, I used to draw pirate maps with the kids. We'd draw an island with rocks and palm trees and sharks in the water and a volcano with lava. And we would always draw an X. Marks the spot. And X marks the spot for the buried treasure. Yes. And when we were kids, we would just mentally say, okay, where is, where is X? X marks the spot. Well, in real life, the X is right here. X is right here. Yes. It's on us. We are the place of buried treasure. Amen. And that word thesaurus, it's where you get the term for rosés, thesaurus, which is a treasury of words. It's where you get the same word. What God has placed in us is so magnificent, there's not enough words no. to describe it. No. It is inexhaustible what God has placed inside us. Amen. But the verse says, in earthen vessels. Yes. Earthen vessels, ostrakinos, ay, 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 ay. Ostrakinos was the Greek word that described really 
cheaply made dishes that had flaws. Today we would call them seconds. But they were cheap and they were beautifully decorated with paint which covered all the flaws. And if you broke one, it wasn't a big deal because they were so cheap you could go get another one. That's the word Paul uses to describe us. Yes. Think about how appropriate it is. Our bodies, which are flawed, in many ways we may see ourselves as seconds. That's why we wear nice clothes and cover up and wear cosmetics. We're just trying to cover up all the defects, all the flaws, so other people don't see. But underneath it all, God miraculously put his greatest treasure in us. It's unthinkable. Amen. And that's why Paul writes with such a sense of amazement. But we have the Greek word echoman. We have, we hold, we possess this inexhaustible treasure. Can you imagine, he says, in these in here. earthen vessels Vessel. that the excellency of power, power. excellency, hyperbole, overshooting, magnificent power, it's not because of us, maybe of God and not of us. And not of us. That's what's in us. I know, Rick. I remember years and years ago when I heard Rick first teach about this verse. And we were really poor at that time. We really were. And I was wearing seconds, uh, secondhand clothes. I was wearing same thing over and over and over and over again. We couldn't afford to buy anything new for Paul. Uh, we were really, really poor. And when we would go and visit somebody, this person happened to be really rich and they had the furs and they had the diamonds and they had all the prestige and everything. And when I would go and visit this person, I'll kind of feel a little bit less that I wasn't as good as this person because I, I was so poor and this person was so rich. Well, I heard Rick teach this and it got inside of me so much that we went to see that person and I felt all I was thinking about was treasure. All I was thinking about was diamonds and rubies and pearls and emeralds and gold inside of me and this power of God inside of me that when I walked into that person's presence, the person that was so rich, I held my head so high. I was so happy. I was so smiling and confident. And to this day, that person says to me, yeah, you were really different that day. Some, you understood something that day. I understood that I had a treasure that was bigger than anything anybody else could have on the outside. Well, that word thesaurus, it, it can really describe hidden treasure. And every time I read that verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, I also think about the Valley of the Kings mm -hmm. outside of Luxor mm -hmm. on the Nile River in mm -hmm. Egypt. Because when you go to the Valley of the Kings, you wouldn't even know there were tombs there. It just looks like cliffs and mm. ravines and desert. But people went digging. And they began to find the tombs of Rams, this Ramses and that Ramses and this Ramses. And then they found the tomb of Tutankhamun, King Tut. You know, from the outside, you uh -huh. wouldn't know anything was there. Uh -uh. In fact, it seems very deserted. D desolate. Desolate. But just dig a little deeper and oh my goodness. When Howard Carter found King Tut's tomb, he drilled a hole into the tomb and his compatriot said, what do you see? He said, marvelous things. <laughs> <laughs> Deep inside, 
marvelous things. Oh, Treasures of yeah. I'm about to speak in tongues. That's what's in us. <laughs> God looks inside us and he says, marvelous things. Isn't that amazing? I love it. And when you come to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, verse 14, it says, that good thing which was committed unto thee. Committed. It means God pulled up alongside of us when we said yes to Christ. He gave us the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in the gift of the Holy Ghost is marvelous things. Marvelous things. And he says, keep it by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. And the word keep is the same word which is used in verse 12, which describes God's keeping of us. And that word keep also describes a soldier who guards over a parcel or he guards over a piece of land. He is uninterrupted in his diligence to protect it or a shepherd who's watching over his sheep. Now, in the same way that Jesus watches over us, he has given us the responsibility to, like a soldier, watch over what's been entrusted to us and not surrender it or to keep it. And that makes me think about what I'm teaching this week in the program, what to do when you're being bombarded. When you're being bombarded, you need to make a decision that you're going to keep. You are not going to surrender. If your marriage is under attack, maintain. If your finances are being assaulted, maintain. If your kids are doing something you don't understand, maintain. If it seems your dream is being aborted, maintain. You have to keep by the Holy Ghost. Now that's a very important phrase. We're not even keeping it by ourselves. We're keeping it by the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. that dwelleth in us. We have a partner on the inside of us that will empower us to keep mm. anything God's committed to us, Denise. Oh, you can just say, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Maxine? Yeah, the, the theme is uh, what to do when you're being bombarded. And all of us, we get in situations when we feel like we're being bombarded. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking if, devil, if the devil just knew how to leave us alone, we would not see the miracles we're seeing. Yeah. We would not see the breakthroughs we're seeing mm -hmm. if he just knew how to leave us alone. So if you're being bombarded, it's not fun, I know. But God is going to show his strength. Yes. He will send his help. And... Uh, uh, May I share something? That, you sure. Know, you, know, you, you know, I love, I love sharing this. I love sharing this. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. Who, who strengthens who me. Who strengthens me. And you know, when I found that, that in the Greek New Testament, it blessed me so much. I don't know, maybe you already know it, but I didn't know it. When I was reading um, New, uh, Greek New Testament, I realized that the words Jesus Christ are not in the original text. It does not have the words Jesus Christ. It says, I can do all things through ha. It's a definite article. Yeah. It's a definite Through article. the one. Through the one I know. Through the one I know very well. Through the one known unto me. So the original text says, I can do all things through him whom I know very well. So it can be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. No wonder sometimes I feel like Holy Spirit strengthens me and I can do all things through Holy Spirit who strengthens me. So it's even better. It's even bigger. It's even bigger. It's, all, it's the whole Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, not just Jesus Christ. And it blesses me. Well, you know, I, you know, I've been saying this week that often when you are on the edge of a breakthrough, that's when you come under an attack. Well, as this book was being sent to the printer, 
I, I began to be bombarded in an area of my life that I don't feel free to talk about right now. But I'm going to tell you, I had an opportunity for a spirit of fear. But you know what? I chose not to answer the door when it knocked. When it knocks on the door, you have to choose to answer it or not to. I didn't answer it. I decided it was time for me to keep, keep my territory. Not surrender, not give in to a spirit of fear, not to run my mouth and say a whole bunch of scary things about what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. That's bad. The Apostle Paul said, you need to hold fast sound words. That's verse 13, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. And when you're under attack, one way that you keep what's been deposited to you is by very, being very careful with your mouth. And Denise, you know I've been really careful with my mouth. It's your mouth, James chapter 3 says, is the rudder for your life. Keep your rudder on track. Because with your tongue, you can determine where you're going to go. If you mess up with your tongue, you are in trouble. You have to maintain sound words. Words that produce a good result. Don't give in to fear and say a bunch of crazy stuff when you're under attack. So I just can't control myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It is a decision to submit your mouth to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't want you speaking a bunch of fear, so just get your mouth in order and make sure you set the rudder of your tongue in the right direction. If you want a good result, then you have to speak good results and you are to guard what's been protected, given to you, and you got to set your mouth to get to the right place, to a good result. Denise? You know, Rick, I'm thinking about that it says that Jesus kept a good profession and he was there before Pilate. I mean, and everything else that was going on, bombarding his mind, bombarding his body, the accusation, the authority that was standing in front of him of Pontius Pilate. And the Bible says that he held on to his confession. Confession. He is our example. I mean, he was under such pressure oh, to bend and to, to break. bend. And Jesus did not surrender who he, he didn't. was. He didn't. And he lives in us, so we can do that. That's a great example. That's first. Timothy chapter 6, I think maybe verse 10. It's powerful. But hey, it's been so good to be with you. We'll see you next week. Have a marvelous weekend and know that we're praying for you. And if you need special prayer, reach out to us by calling or send us an email. We love you. Bye-bye. Wow, wasn't that a great teaching? My friends, I want to ask you to please like, subscribe, and comment on that video you just watched so more people can see it.